The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 21st chapter. Jesus said, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. My wife uh, Amy and I have been doing some renovation work in our house for the last few months. We've lived in the house for a couple of decades, um, and so we're changing over the kitchen that's original to the house, and it's going... Uh, basically very well, but what it means, among other things, is that I've been spending a whole lot of my time, my free time in the last few weeks, doing a lot of painting, which I enjoy doing. I've actually painted every house we've ever lived in, I imagine I've painted every wall multiple times. Um, until this past week, however, I did not realize that painting could be dangerous. And it, I'm not a medical doctor, but I'm quite confident that in the act of painting in this last week, I was moving some boards to put them on sawhorses to put long uh, baseboard on that I was going to be painting. I, I think I broke one of my toes. Um, maybe my toe just wanted to be part of the Advent festivities by turning itself blue. I don't know. but. Uh, you can keep this toe on my left foot in your prayers, which is also, by the way, if any of you are particularly attentive why I'm wearing sandals this morning, it is not a style statement, I promise you. I just could not bear the thought of putting my foot into a shoe this morning. So it feels a lot better today than it did a couple days ago, so I hope it's improving. I was going to mention, though, the fact that I was painting even if I hadn't broken my toe, uh, because when I do painting, I, I listen to podcasts. Anyone else listen to podcasts while they're doing work? And, you know, I have a number of channels that I sort of pay attention to. And there was one particular uh, channel I listened to that's about British history. And a, a particularly interesting episode showed up in the feed this week. And I thought, oh, I'm really going to like this one. And it was a discussion with an author who's written a recent book, I believe, I can't remember the name of the author, I believe the book's name is If These Stones Could Talk. 
And it's the story of uh, Great Britain, uh, so England, Wales, Scotland, and Ireland, told over the last 2,000 years through uh, church buildings, through abbeys and chapels and churches and cathedrals, one church for each of the last 20 centuries. And I love all things British, I love history, and I love churches, so I thought, well, this is going to be great. And I did enjoy it. I actually ordered the book. I'm sure I will enjoy the book as well. But the thing that struck me when the podcast was over was less sort of any of the stories he told or the information he shared about any of those chapels, cathedrals, abbeys, or churches. And it was more a general sense of his tone, um, the tenor of the conversation, and even some responses he had to some particular questions. And I don't think he had it out for Christianity. I I don't think he was opposed to faith. But the general posture of the whole interview was, well, we realize and recognize that Christianity and all these wonderful buildings help to shape who we are. They're an important part of our history, but we all know that they're not really going to be part of our future. Now, it may not surprise you, I have something to say about that. I mentioned that my welcome, this is Advent, so it's the very beginning of the church year, this is the first week of Advent, and at these sort of transition points in the church year, I always think it's appropriate and good to focus a little bit on some basics, and what I'm about to say, I have two sort of things I want to say in response to the the sense I had of that podcast. The first of them um, may sound obvious, maybe particularly obvious from someone who's standing where I am right now, but I think it's important that we speak these basic fundamental truths. Uh, So the first response I have to this gentleman, again, I don't think he had anything against Christianity. I think he was speaking maybe as many people in our culture think that, well, it's just a, clearly it's a fact. I'm putting, I'm speaking out of his mouth. It's a fact that the church is going away, that faith is no longer important. So the first thing I want to say is, I disagree. I think he is wrong. And whatever he or anyone else happens to think, it doesn't change the fact that I believe that what we profess and confess and teach here in this place is true. It doesn't change the fact that I believe that God is alive and well and God is hard at work reconciling and trying to heal God's broken world. And by the way, God is inviting all of you to participate in that work. And that one of the ways that we discover and find meaning as human beings is by responding to that gracious invitation by God to reconcile and heal the world. Now, and I'm saying this both at a macro level. In other words, I think Christianity is going to be fine at a macro level. Christianity has been around 2,000 years. It is not going anywhere, folks, despite what a good-natured British author may say, but I'm also speaking at a particular level. I've said this in other places. I will likely say it again. I actually believe that the disruptions of the last year and a half or two years have made this congregation, St. Philip the Deacon, stronger, healthier. I believe that they have accelerated change and forced us to be creative so that 
we can continue to respond to the needs of the world in better ways. Folks, I think the world has never needed us more. And I believe as Christians, and particularly Christians here at St. Philip the Deacon, we have something to give the world that the world needs, okay? So that's the first response, sort of broadly, generally. Christianity's gonna be fine, we have a role in the world, and it's an important role, and we should never forget that. Now the second thing I wanna say is kind of related to that first thing. Um, some people might hear what I just say, said and say, well, Tim, okay, I kinda, maybe you're right about that, but you have to concede, don't you, Tim, that the challenges and difficulties we have in the world today are so much bigger, so much more profound, so much more difficult than the challenges, let's say, of 2,000 years ago. How can Christianity possibly speak into those Difficulties. The people who lived a long time ago, they had much simpler lives. They wouldn't understand the kind of things we're struggling with. So, for example, if you take a look at the passage that uh, Pastor Mark read from Jeremiah, um, this is a passage that is filled with hope, right? Uh, Jeremiah is speaking a word of hope. And by the way, uh, Tricia mentioned the Advent wreath. The four candles of the Advent wreath, each of them uh, is focused on a particular theme. Uh, this first week of Advent, the theme is, in fact hope. And then it goes to uh, love and then joy and peace, I think. I never remember the exact order. But this week is hope. And so here's what Jeremiah says. He speaks a word of hope. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David. We know that now to be Jesus. And he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And if we don't know anything about the context, we might say, again, or the cynic might say, well, again, that was a long time ago. It was probably easy for Jeremiah to speak a word of hope because what did they have to worry about back then? Well, a whole lot as it happens. Uh, Jeremiah specifically had a lot to worry about in his whole life. From the moment he became a prophet, there were conspiracies against his life. There were death threats. All of the kings of Judah were annoyed by him, by what he said. And the current king at this reading of, of Judah, King Zedekiah, had actually put Jeremiah in prison. So Jeremiah is speaking these words of hope, just having been placed in prison by the king of Judah. And more than that, Jeremiah uh, knows that this superpower called Babylon is going to overrun Jerusalem and send all of its people into exile. And yet, despite that chaotic, challenging, disruptive, painful time, Jeremiah says, God is not done with us yet. He speaks a word of hope, one, but the other thing he does is he acts out or enacts that hope by doing something you may remember. This is from the prior chapter, just before this, in chapter 32. In the midst of this chaos, in the midst of this disruption, Jeremiah buys a plot of land there outside of Jerusalem as a way of saying, 
This land, despite being about to be overrun by Babylon, is still worth something. This land still has a future. Again, God isn't done with us yet. Jeremiah knew all about challenges and difficulties. And yet he lived with hope. And my friends, as we start this Advent season, as people of hope, my invitation to you is very simple. It's to reflect on ways that you can speak a word of hope, as Jeremiah did, to those in your life. And also, and maybe more importantly, not only speak a word of hope, but to live your lives in a way that expresses that hope. When we do that as Christians, the world takes note. The world pays attention and people start to think, huh, maybe, maybe, just maybe, those Christians are going to be around for a little while. And more than that, they start to think, it seems to me, I want to find out more about that as well. So reflect on this this Advent season and if I could leave you with one final thought, it's this. If you find yourself painting in the next few weeks, just be careful. <laughs> Amen.